You're listening to the Helpful NPCs podcast. We offer ideas to make your tabletop role-playing games even better. The Helpful NPCs podcast is not safe for work. Our immaturity is matched only by our vulgarity. You can check us out at helpfulnpcs.com or contact us at info at helpfulnpcs.com. Welcome to Helpful NPCs Podcast, Chapter 3, Don't Play Batman. I'm Ryan. And I'm Tom. Jacob is not here with us today, so we're flying solo. We're actually duo. Yep, there are two of us that would be duo. Luckily, this is a podcast topic that we could easily do in our sleep, because this is something we say in our home games all the time. Ryan, why don't you introduce our topic? Absolutely. We've seen it dozens of times. Players new to the hobby rack their brains trying to come up with a character for Saturday night's game. They remember that sweet new podcast they've been listening to told them to rip something off, so they play the most badass caped crusader they can think of. The Batman. Little do they know they've committed some of the most insidious RPG sins and started a downward spiral into role-playing purgatory, Tory, Tory, because the Batman does not belong at the table. I'm very excited for this topic. This is something that I always want to talk about in our home games and something I've wanted to do for a long time. Uh, I've had this idea to talk about long before we ever did this podcast. So it's something that's going to be really fun to delve into for me. As a disclaimer, I don't read comic books, and I'm not going to. They're very expensive, and I grew up poor and didn't have money for them and just don't have a desire to get into them as an adult. So when I discuss Batman, I'm largely going to be discussing the more pop culture media representations of Batman that we've seen in films and cartoons. Please do not contact me. To let me know that in the Batman issue 7937.5, Batman's behavior was not consistent with what we're describing on this podcast. I don't fucking care. Please don't tell me that. Also, comics are picture books for adults, so read some real literature. Nerds. Oh, oh shut the fuck up. Comic books can be good literature. Have you ever read Watchmen? Yes. Fuck you. All right. So let's talk about why Batman does not belong at the RPG table. Batman has a handful of personality traits that don't make for good tabletop gaming, even though you would think they would because he's so badass and so many of the character types you can play in these games are very similar to Batman. And he's such a beloved character, what makes him unsuitable for a role-playing game? Well, there are in fact three traits that make him unsuitable for a role-playing game. Batman is stoic, Batman is a lone wolf, and Batman is secretive. All behavior types that are fucking annoying. And we Americans love our stoic lone wolves. Yeah, we do. So... Why doesn't playing stoic at the table work? So I would describe role-playing games as having the concept of screen time. That is, in a good game, the focus is going to bounce from character to character and bounce 
from relationship to relationship as you guys play off of each other. But there isn't a screen. And so when you play a character who doesn't talk, no one pays any attention to you. You're not going to get much time at the table. Characters in popular media that are stoic typically rely on facial expressions and body language to get any sort of attention. Uh, A good example, you're going to cringe when I say this, but have you ever seen any of the Jay and Silent Bob movies? (sighs) Unfortunately, I have. Kevin Smith, despite all of his flaws as a film creator and person, does an excellent job of creating facial expressions when he is in his own films that enable him to get across what his character is thinking at that time. He shrugs, he cocks his eyebrow, he looks sad. The problem is when you're sitting there at the table, there are four people talking over each other or more, and no one is looking over at you to see what your facial expression is. Also, you're not that good at facial expressions. So also, you're not that good at facial expressions. Yes. Sorry. Imagine it like a camera in a film that bounces between people as they talk. Then if you're a stoic character, say a silent Bob, the camera is going to bounce over to him cocking his eyebrow. Well, the GM can't do that for you. And so people are just ignoring you. Yeah, I guess if you didn't want to talk, you could play a mime, but uh, you're not a fucking mime. And. There are workarounds for this, I should say. You can always say out of character, my character cocks his eyebrow or my character gives you a wry half smile, and that can be effective, but it's usually easier to just fucking talk. Yep. And there are workarounds for the other players to involve you in conversations. So, for example, when we played in a group where I was the face man and the barbarian didn't want to participate in conversations, I would always try to include him in my intimidation roles. So I'd say things like, oh, I'll have that guy over there rip your face off. And there are workarounds for the GM. Uh, We played a convention game once with a fantastic GM who would stop uh, the game every once in a while to talk to the players who weren't necessarily participating and ask them, what are you thinking right now? What are you doing right now? But if you play a stoic character, just know you're making more work for the GM. And there's really no reason to do that because they're already doing all the fucking work. Yeah, I was going to say, as you can see, we're already talking about how this is causing problems and all the extra work you have to do to work around those problems. So why not make it easier on everyone and just don't play a, a stoic character? Yep, it's really that simple. The second trait that Batman has, and this is actually the biggest one, is that Batman is a lone wolf. You can't play a fucking lone wolf in a fucking tabletop role-playing games. This isn't even something where there are workarounds. You can't fucking do it. Almost always. Most RPGs, and especially D&D, are a team game. You are working together as a team to overcome challenges. That's simply the nature of the game. There's assumed you're all on a on a merry band of adventures. Even if you don't always get along or agree on things, you're still ooh, ultimately we're bound together by fate or coin or 
whatever, the, the, the XP that we're going to get from finishing this quest. And that was a very long way of saying, don't be an asshole. So back to that concept of screen time, the camera can't be on you for half the game when there are four additional players. When you split the party and the GM is focused on you, that means the other players at the table are just sitting there twiddling their thumbs and they didn't show up to be a B story for your game. This doesn't mean there are never times that you can split the party. So we had a game once where uh, they were in an apartment building and different people were investigating different parts of the apartment and some of them got into a fight. And so I just kind of switched to the other person's scene. It was you actually, I just switched to your scene while the other people were having their fight. So it, splitting the party can be done, but you're not going to run off and go have a solo adventure. And the problem there is one of entitlement. You're not entitled to half the fucking screen time if there are five fucking people at the table. So do you want your little side adventure to be 20% of the game and then you sit around and jerk off for the other 80% of the game? Or do you just want to play together? In addition, when we're talking about splitting the screen time, it's not going to be an even division of time divided up into little discrete chunks like a fucking pie chart. The idea is ultimately that you are sharing the screen together and roughly getting an equal amount of time to shine in the camera. If, For instance, if we have a, let's say we're doing an hour-long game, we don't give 10 minutes to Eric, 10 minutes to Jim, then 10 minutes to Marsha, and expect everyone else to sit there quietly while they take their 10 minutes doing their little side quest. No, the idea is we're all splitting that time together. Yeah. So that is something that Batman does that is tends to not work. He'll, you know, vanish into the shadows and run off and have his own little adventures. And if we were going to divvy it up and give everybody their little share of screen time, that would mean going off on your own side adventure means you should just sit there for the other 80% of the game. So it's not a good way to play at all. Past that, the mechanics don't really support it. Fighters can't heal their own wounds. Rogues tend to fight better when they have someone to distract the monster, and wizards tend to fight better when somebody else is standing between the dragon and their spells. Indeed, and there are a few games that actually would support this. Apocalypse World is a big one. Fate can support it. Um, There are specific superhero games like um, Marvel something or other that uses the Cortex system that works okay with it, but... Again, it's really not supported in most traditional RPGs like D&D. Or Savage Worlds. And the ones that do support splitting the party up in that way have it written very much into their game. Absolutely. They have specific rules and mechanics that make it function in a Mm -hmm. way that D&D does not. So the last trait of Batman, which is a specific pet peeve of Tom's, I believe that makes him a poor character for a traditional tabletop role-playing game. That's Batman, not Tom. I'm an excellent character for a role-playing game. That's true. Is Batman is secretive. Batman always knows things that he doesn't fully share with others. Maybe he knows the code to the Doomsday weapon, but he's not sure Superman can be trusted. Or... Batman has a secret identity that only a rare couple of people get to know. Well, it doesn't work in D&D, and it doesn't work in most paper and pencil role-playing games. Here's why. 
information you get in these games is almost always meant to be shared. Typically speaking, you're not as smart as Batman, and you don't know what to do with the information that Batman gets the way Batman knows what to do with it, which is why you rely on a group of people to do things like solve mysteries and decide what you're going to do with the magical MacGuffin. When you keep those secrets... And this varies from player to player. I've seen players keep every fucking thing possible secret that they could. And it's totally disruptive to the game when the information is meant to be shared. Also, this is where I'm going to interject and say it is grotesquely annoying. Yes, it is grotesque. Grotesquely annoying. Grotesquely irritating. And it sucks up a bunch of stuff time that could be better spent doing other things as you're either passing the GM notes or you're sending him text messages or using a messaging app or you're sitting there with like a smug cock sucking little grin on your face because you know something that the other party members don't (laughs) look at how smart and clever I am with my secrets no no fuck 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 you, asshole. Oh, my God. It's probably the most passionate I've ever heard you get in your entire life. Um, Absolutely. No, it creates a huge problem. And then the GM is trying to figure out how to communicate the secrets with you. So they're like typing up little notes or uh, when we would game before the days of texting, um, the GM would have to get on really dating myself here. AOL Instant Messenger so they could message the character playing the rogue. We're talking about a specific person now. Um, Or they would pass notes. And that's not to say that none of these things ever can be done. You can keep some secrets without ruining your game. But as a whole, that's not how it's meant to be played. And what you have to understand in role-playing games is you're the only audience. Your fellow players are the only audience So if you keep something secret, then the only people who even know that it exists are you and the dungeon master. When you're watching a show where a character has a secret, it's kind of exciting and naughty and they're trying to figure out how to keep their secret. That's cool because the audience all knows the secret and is witnessing it. Well, there's nobody to witness your secret to know that you're being clever or naughty in the role playing game. So you're really just playing with yourself. Yeah, it's totally masturbatory for you to keep a secret and then expect everyone to care about your secret as you role play out your secret while nobody knows it as you like. What what are you just going to roll dice for yourself? Now, the big exception I will make to this is backstory secrets before the game starts. I do encourage that in players if they're coming up with I did this terrible crime a long time ago and a mob boss might be after me for it. And the reason that I like that is 
as a dungeon master or game master, I can then bring that secret into the game. But if you create a secret in your backstory, the party's going to find out and then that's going to be part of the story. Don't bother creating a secret you don't want ever want people to know. Right. I was going to say, yeah, absolutely. If you have a secret in your backstory, that's totally cool. But it needs to be something where you're going to be cool with everyone finding out. Because again, otherwise, if it's just only you locked in your little mental space with the secret there there's no point to it because nobody care nobody knows or cares yeah role-playing games are a social activity it's meant to be shared with the audience so i've absolutely had characters do that with their backstory and and then i've had you know npcs sort of allude to it and then it was kind of a weird mystery so that's not to say you can never have any secrets at all but that means information that the other players need to know don't fucking hoard it you're on the same fucking side guys so Those are the three traits that make Batman not work at the table. Batman goes off by himself. Batman doesn't talk very much. And Batman is a big old fucking secret keeper that Tom hates. Let's talk about some alternatives that actually do work. So my example was Wolverine. Why does Wolverine work instead of Batman? Wolverine, the times when he's not running off by himself actually has a very distinctive personality. He's the kind of guy that growls all the time and talks about how stoic he is, or he talks about how grimdark he is. A second example would be Han Solo. Han Solo is sort of an overplayed character, and yes, he supposedly leaves, but, you know, immediately comes back every time in Star Wars. But Han Solo is a cocky rogue who sits there and talks. So if you want to play that roguish type who doesn't really want to be here and feels strong-armed into it, play the cocky Han Solo type who talks to the party. Right. Han Solo is definitely too cool for the for the quest to save the galaxy, and he doesn't really want to be there. But, you know, he sort of rolls his eyes and goes along with it. And we know Han Solo's actually going to be there, and he's just pretending to be too cool for school. Unless he is trapped in carbonite, in which he might be missing a session. Almost immediately got out of the carbonite. And my best, the best example I have of this is the Guardians of the Galaxy. Again, I don't read comics. I'm referencing the movies. Get over it. Guardians of the Galaxy are a perfect example of this of tropes that you would think would be disruptive and are not. So you have Drax, and Drax thinks he's stoic. But actually, Drax is super grimdark and talks all the time about how grimdark and stoic he is. You've got Star-Lord, who's a, who's a goofball, who has a distinct personality. You have uh, Rocket Raccoon, who's a fucking scumbag. Even Groot actually talks quite a bit. He just says the same sentence yeah and like when rocket raccoon does something secretive like if he trades you know batteries for whatever that plot device was that you know it caused the cascade of events that was the entire second guardians of the galaxy oh yeah you immediately find out about it so it's yeah he did the secret thing and then it immediately comes out and he's like well and he even told Drax right away that he had done it. So that was, quote, a secret, but it was revealed a scene later and it was meant to be revealed a scene later. 
if you want to play that kind of rogue that goes, hey, guys, I just robbed the shopkeeper. By all means, do that. We're not saying never do anything the other players don't know. We're saying just don't hoard information. And we're going to draw it to a close there. Hopefully you got some great information about why you can't play Batman, some alternatives to why you can play Batman. And if you ever play a role-playing game with Tom, you won't have to hear him throw a fit about you keeping a secret. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Helpful NPCs podcast. For more content, check us out at HelpfulNPCs.com. If you have any feedback or requests for topics, you can reach us at info at helpfulnpcs.com. 